series we're wrapping up today called The Game of Life. And if you haven't caught what I'm talking about, I want to deal with work life. Work life. Most of us will spend 50 to 60% of our waking hours at work. And yet, here's the startling news. Just like the song you just heard, research says that over 80% of people are very frustrated at work. That would be some of you today. I would ask you to raise your hand, but your boss might be here today, so I won't do that. Over 80% of people are very dissatisfied at work. Over 80% of people get this pit in the middle of their stomach, this gnawing, aching feeling in the middle of their stomach every Sunday night. They're depressed because they got to go to work on Monday morning. They view work as a penalty box between weekends. And, and my question to you is this. Are we supposed to just live for the weekends? Are, are we supposed to go to work and feel like there's no purpose and, 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 and there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason for, for why we're going? There's no significance at all. Are, are we supposed to live our lives like the song we just heard, working nine to five? What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. It's all taken and no given. They just use your mind and you never get the credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. I mean, is that what work is all about? Is work supposed to be a bunch of misery? I want to address that with you today. I, I want to deal with this thing called work. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is not what work should be all about. This should not be our perspective of work. Work should not be a negative thing. You say, Herbert, why? Because work is God's idea. It was not a political leader, not an entrepreneur, not a, an economist that came up with the idea of work. God himself came up with this idea called work. Work was introduced to us way back in the book of Genesis. And one of the first places we see work show up in the Bible is in Genesis chapter number 3. And many followers of Christ, when they read Genesis chapter 3, they get this negative mindset towards work. Matter of fact, some of you have a negative mindset about work because of Genesis chapter number 3. You have this 9 to 5, what a way to make a living mentality because of this scripture. Let's look at it together today. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 17 through 19. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Let me paint the picture. God created humanity, Adam and Eve. He put them in a perfect place, perfect. He gave them a job, and then he said, do not, do not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and because of their disobedience, major consequences came into our world. Because of their disobedience, sin came into the world. Disease came into the world. Natural disasters came into the world. Death, death came into the world. And I want you to see another consequence of their disobedience to God. Let's continue to read. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it, the ground, all the days of your life. It, the ground, will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From dust you are, and to dust you will 
return. Now, 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 many people read this and think work was introduced to us as a curse. I mean, pastor, we have to go to work because of Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God. Pastor, I have this negative mentality. Work is just a horrible, miserable thing because of the fall of man. But friends, hear me today. Work was not introduced to us as a curse. Work was introduced to you and I as a blessing back in Genesis chapter number 2. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 15. Work was not introduced to us in Genesis chapter 3 under the curse. After the fall of man. Notice this. Genesis 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. There's that word. Work it and take care of it. You see, before the fall happened, God created this perfect place, this perfect world. And he put Adam and Eve in it and gave them this thing called work, gave them a a job. It wasn't given as a, as a curse. God gave work as a blessing. And actually, work didn't actually begin in Genesis chapter 2. Actually, the first place work shows up in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 1. God was the first one to work. And the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. He, he worked every day. And man, can I tell you about God? God's perspective of work was not a negative thing. He didn't have a negative tone and viewpoint towards work. Matter of fact, after each day of working, the Bible says that God saw it, it was good. He saw his work. He saw the fruit of his labor as, as he spoke the world into being. And when God saw work, he said, it is good. God has this positive viewpoint regarding work because God did not give us work as a negative thing. He gave it to us as a positive thing. He didn't curse work. Listen, because of the fall of man, God cursed the conditions surrounding work, not work itself. Did you notice what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3? It says, cursed is the ground. It's the ground. Cursed is the ground, not work itself. Work is a good thing, and I want today to change your perspective regarding work. You shouldn't view work as a penalty box between weekends. Friends, God's plan for work was to, to bless you. It should be a positive thing, and here's the deal. Here's my goal. If we can get your perspective changed, if you can change the way that you view your workplace, it will change the way you view Monday morning. You'll realize that the same God that's the God of Sunday morning is the God of Monday morning. <laughs> and that's what I want to accomplish today, change a perspective regarding work. So here's what we're going to do. I want to give you four keys to winning at work. Four keys to winning at work. I mean, you might as well win. You're going to spend 50, 60% of your waking life at work. You might as well win at it. Number one is this. Work with a positive attitude. A positive attitude. I want us to look at Colossians chapter 3 today. I'm going to spend the majority of our time in Colossians chapter 3. We will venture away from this portion of scripture a couple of times to, to look at some other scriptures that, that also go with this issue of, of work. But for the, for, the, for, for the most of our time, let, let, let's look and unpack Colossians 3. The Bible says this, Colossians 3 verse 22, slaves. Now, in biblical days, slavery was very prevalent. And yet, in this portion of Scripture and other portions of scriptures in the New Testament, it can easily be drawn. This is a, a, the employer-employee relationship. So as we look at this, we can look and get principles from the employee-employer relationship. So slaves and employees, ye, obey your 
earthly masters or yield or submit or comply, obey your earthly masters or, or bosses in everything. Be compliant. Friends, can I tell you, if you want to win in the workplace, you got to do what's asked of you. you. You'll never win if you don't do what's asked of you. How many of you know people at work that are hard-headed or trifling is what my mama called trifling. The boss asked him to do something. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You do it yourself if you want it done. Can I tell you, if that's your mentality at work, you're going to never win at the workplace. You are not being biblical. Slaves, employees, obey, submit, yield, comply to your bosses and everything as long as it's not illegal. You ought to, you ought to, you'll never get ahead. And here's what people do. They, 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 they won't, they won't do what's asked of them. They, they, they do it half-heartedly. They won't, they, they won't comply. They won't do their job description. They, they won't fulfill their duties at work. And then they come to church and say, pastor, would you pray for me to get a raise? No. You're not going to get a raise. You, you, you're not doing what's asked of you. And, and let me take it a step further. Not only will you not win at the workplace if you don't do what's asked of you, but if you do do what's asked of you and you do it with the wrong attitude, you still won't win at the workplace. Because there are some people that do what's asked of them, but they do it with the wrong attitude. It's like your kids. Oh, that drives it home, brother sister. Amen. Huh? You can ask him to do something, would you sweep the floor? Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to win at the workplace with that kind of attitude. Slaves, employees, obey your earthly masters in everything. Have a good attitude at the workplace. Do your job and do it with an attitude. Do it with a positive attitude. Do it with a smile. If you want to win at work, work with a positive attitude. Attitude. There's a second key that I want to show you today from the Word of God. Go the extra, extra mile. You want to win at the workplace? Go the extra mile. Notice Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22. Slaves and employees, obey, yield, submit, comply to your earthly masters, your bosses and everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor. You know, I love the Bible. You, you, man, you got to read the Bible. You got to make it a habit to read the Bible. The Bible gets right to where you and I live. I mean, God knew our struggles. He said, listen, you want to win at work? Don't just work when the boss is over your shoulder. <laughs> but, but, but work hard when the boss is not even watching you, when, when nobody's eye is on you. I mean, go the extra mile. It, it's easy. Everybody will work hard and do their best when the boss is over the shoulder, but you got to be the top of employee. If you want to win at the workplace, you, you do your best if, if nobody has their eye on you. Not only do your best, but go the extra mile. We have quite a few employees here at People's Church, 25, 30 employees here at, at the church. And, and you know what? What I love about uh, our great employees is, is they don't just do what's required of them. They go the extra mile. They, they, they go the extra mile. Listen, you want to be known as a person that has a hard work ethic. You work hard. You do your best. You, you want to succeed at the workplace, you can't be lazy. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens on that point, huh? You, you can't be lazy. Work hard. Don't, don't just work when somebody has their eye on, on you, but you work hard when nobody is watching. You want to, to, to get ahead in the workplace? You want to win? Go the extra mile. Work hard when, no, when, when the boss's eye is not on you. 
Number three is this. I want to show you a third key to, to winning at work. Number three is this. Work without causing trouble. Now, some of you are sitting by somebody. You know, you know what I'm saying right now? Work without causing trouble. Notice what he says in Colossians 3, verse 22. Slaves, employees, obey your earthly masters, your bosses and everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you. Don't just do it when their eye is on you. Do it when they're not watching you and to win their favor. Now, notice this. But with sincerity of heart. Now we're getting to the heart matter. With sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. The scripture says, work with sincerity of heart. Work with honesty. Work with integrity. Work with this, this reverence or this fear of God. I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, we want to be a, the kind of people that at the workplace, we're not stirring up trouble. But, but we're working with sincerity of heart. We're working with integrity and honesty. We're working with a fear and a reverence of the Lord. And friends, can I tell you that you'll never win at the workplace if you contradict this scripture and you go to the worst place and you gossip around the water cooler. <laughs> you don't have sincerity of heart. You steal the work supplies at work and justify, well, if they paid me better, I wouldn't take all this paper home. Well, that's, huh? that, that's not sincerity of heart. That's, that, that's, not, that's not integrity. You, you want to get ahead at work. You can't steal the money at, workplace, at the workplace. You can't be stealing stuff. And justifying it. And friends, can I tell you, there's more than one way to steal money at work. It's not just tangibly taking the money. When you don't work hard on your job, you're taking money from the workplace. When you don't give your best. When you sit around and Twitter at the workplace all day, and Facebook, and, and text. Nobody's looking, I get it out of my... Some of you take books to work. You're just all out trifling, just reading at workplace, highlighting and everything. I'm, I'm telling you, that's not working with sincerity of heart. That's not working with a reverence or a fear of God. And you will not get ahead in the workplace if, if that's your mentality toward, towards your work. Let, let, let me tell you, don't be the kind of person that's always going to work stirring up trouble. How many know people like that in the workplace? Always stirring up something. Listen, you can't be like that. If you want to get, I mean, nobody wants an employee that's always stirring up stuff, always causing trouble, always, I mean, it's like some of your relatives. Amen. How many know that, huh? I didn't say my relatives because someone might listen online. Amen. Your relatives, huh? Always stirring up stuff. Keeping stuff. I mean, you don't want to be around them. Once a year for Thanksgiving, you're like, oh, man. And they got to see you every day, not just Thanksgiving. You got to work with sincerity of heart. You've got to work with integrity. You got to work with this reverence and fear of the Lord. You want to win at the workplace? Be an employee who doesn't cause trouble. Number four is this. Now, now I want to spend the balance of our time here. And uh, I got to those points rather quickly because I wanted to camp out a little bit on point number four. This is the, the most important point that I want to drill down on today. Number four is this. Realize you work for God, not man. You work for God, not, not man. And I, I want to give you four insights here to this, to this scriptural principle today, four insights. Number one is this, because you work for God, your work has a purpose. Your work has a purpose. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. Whatever, everybody shout whatever. 
whatever you do, whatever it is, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Notice this, as working for the Lord, not for men. Whatever you do, you're working for the Lord, not for men. You have this mentality, I'm working for the Lord, not for men. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, if you knew what my whatever is, you wouldn't say that. I mean, because what I do doesn't really matter. Nobody even notices what I do at work. Pastor, what I do is not all that important. And God would argue about that with you. He would simply tell you, listen, every profession matters to me. Did you realize realize that every profession matters to God? They are all equally important. Listen to what the Bible says. Whatever you do, whatever you do, it matters. Whatever you do, teacher or in in the real estate or or pastor or or a nurse or or a waitress or, or a doctor, it doesn't matter. Whatever the Bible says, whatever, it doesn't matter your profession. Whatever you do, you have a purpose because you're working for the Lord. You have, you have a purpose in what you're doing. You're, you're honoring God in the workplace. I, I like how Martin Luther says it. Martin Luther was the great leader of the Protestant Reformation. And listen to what he says. He says, the maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing Christian hymns as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. I I like that. He goes on to say, the Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. That, that, that's good stuff. God says, whatever you do, it doesn't matter your profession. You are working for me, so do it with all of your heart. You see, you have a purpose at your workplace, and it doesn't matter what you do. Your purpose is to honor the Lord. Do your best for God. Now, let me say this for you hyper-spiritual folks. Just because you're working for the Lord don't mean you should get weird at work. Huh? Going to work, making crosses everywhere, huh? You're weird. Stop it. Going to work with anointing all. Oh, rebuking the I rebuke you, devil, everywhere all around the workplace. Quit. You work for God, but you don't got to get weird about it. You have a purpose at the workplace. Whatever you do, it matters to God. It's significant to God. Whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a second insight that I want you to notice today. Because you work for God, you should produce high-quality results every day. High-quality results every day. Listen to Scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Boy, that's good. Work at it with all your heart. Why? As working for the Lord, not for men. Scripture says you should give your best at work. Scripture says you should put all your heart into your workplace. Scripture says you should give your best effort while you're at work. And someone would say, well, pastor, if you knew what I did for a living, you wouldn't say that. If you knew the place I worked and the environment I worked in, you wouldn't say that. Pastor, if you knew my boss, mean, hateful, conniving, harsh, you wouldn't say work with all your heart as working for the Lord. I mean, my boss is mean. My boss is a jerk. Can I tell you something? If, if your boss is mean and 
and hateful, it, it really doesn't matter. Because you should work hard even if your boss is harsh and mean. Why? Because you're working for the Lord. You should work. Even in a bad environment, you should do your best with all of your heart. Somebody is saying right now, well, Pastor, you better show me some scripture on that one. I'll do that for you. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 18. It says, slaves, employees, submit yourself to your masters, your, your boss, with all respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. You still yield and be compliant and, and treat them with respect. Not only those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh and, and, and they're mean and they're, and they're inconsiderate and they're, and they're bad to you. Why? Why? Verse 19. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Why? Because he is conscious, conscious of God. That's good. I don't like my environment. The boss is mean. Don't like some of my coworkers. They're, they're mean and, and, and hateful to me. But, but I'm going to bear up under it. I'm going to still have a positive attitude. I'm going to do my best because I'm conscious of God. I fear God. I work for God. I'm going to honor God. Verse 20 says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? I mean, even if you're receiving a beating, you should respond with a positive attitude. But thank the Lord, most of you are not receiving a beating. And if you are as your pastor, I'll tell you, we can find you another job where you won't get beat. Amen. We will help you. I mean, but, but that's the severity that, that, that these folks were going through in that day. He goes on to say, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. When you have this God conscious, this God mentality, I'm working for the Lord. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to work with all my heart. I'm going to give my best in spite of my circumstances. The Bible says God takes notice. It says this is commendable before God. This pleases God. This honors God. God is watching you in the workplace. And listen, you need to produce your best results in the workplace because it honors God. And you're working for the Lord, not for men. There's a, a third insight I want to share with you today. Number three is this. Because you work for God, what you do at work has a reflection on Christ. It has a reflection on Christ. You see, one of the major purposes of work is to show people that God is at work in you. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. One of the major purposes of work is to show people that God is at work in you. Scripture says in Titus chapter 2, verse number 9, teach slaves to be subject to their, their masters, their, their bosses in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back, not to have this attitude, not to be this attitude that I'm not going to comply and do what's asked of me. Verse 10, and not to steal from them. Have sincerity of heart. Work with integrity. Work with honesty, but to show that they can be fully trusted. Why? Why should we work with integrity? Why should we do our best? Why should we have a positive attitude? So that in every way, they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Wow. That's one of our major goals at the workplace, is to show people that God is at work in us. And the work environment is horrible and people are complaining. They're not doing their best. They're being lazy, but you're shining at work because 
When everybody else has a bad attitude, you have a good attitude. When everybody else is doing the least, least as, po- as possible at work, you're, you're doing as much as possible with a great attitude. You're, you're giving your best, and people notice that what's, what's different about you? Why? I mean, why are you working so hard? What, man, the boss is a jerk. Why? What are you doing? Well, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm just trying to do my best for the Lord. And, really? What you, been, what you been sipping on? No, nothing. No, I just want to honor God. What church you go to? People's church. Come with me. Amen. But listen, one of your major goals is to be attractive at the workplace. And can I tell you, it's not attractive to your Savior when you gossip at work. It's not very attractive to Jesus when you lie and you cheat and you steal. It's not attractive to your Savior when you don't do your best and you have a nasty attitude. It's not attractive to, to, to Jesus. And, and we have to remember that one of the major purposes of work is to show people that God is at work in us. Number four is this. There's a, a fourth insight I want to share with you today. Because you work for God, he is the one that will reward you. He's the one that will reward you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 through 25. We're back in Colossians. The, the very next verse says this. Since you know. Now, now, the previous verse talked about whatever you do, work it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. And then the next verse, verse 24 says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. God will reward you, not only in this lifetime, but in the lifetime to come, everlasting life, eternal life. He says, from the Lord as a reward. He goes on to say, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Can I tell you, God takes notice of you at the workplace. I know some of you have a hard time comprehending this, but God knows how to bless you. God knows how to elevate you. God knows how to take you higher in the workplace. If you'll submit and yield your life to him. He goes on to say in verse 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. In other words, you go to the workplace and you know the right thing to do. You heard this message today and you still have this nine to five mentality and you have an attitude and you don't do the right things and you're not honest and and you still. And and the Bible says this, not only will you be rewarded if you do the right thing, but you're going to be rewarded if you do the wrong thing. Well, pastor, you don't don't understand. My job doesn't really matter. God, God says this, it doesn't matter who you are. There is no favoritism. <laughs> there, there is no fa- If you do the wrong thing, if you continue with that attitude, if you continue with that slothfulness and laziness at work, listen, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. There is no favoritism. Let me close with, with this verse, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Peter just simply echoes what Paul says in Colossians. And the verse says this, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. And he will lift you up in due time. Here's where I struggle. Here's where you struggle. We oftentimes try to take matters into our own hands. And we get ourselves in trouble. Not just in the workplace. We do it in the, in the marriage, in relationships with, with kids. We do it with our finances. We do it with our attitudes. We, we do it when the kids are at ball practices. We, we take matters into our own hands. And the Bible says don't do that. When it comes to your life, when it comes to your workplace, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. In other words, when you go to work tomorrow and you show up and things are not going your way and you normally go off and roll your eyes, you remember what the word of God says. I'm working for the Lord, not for men. 
And I'm not going to have that same mentality because today I'm humbling myself under God's mighty hand. I'm going to do things God's way. I'm going to honor the Lord. Because I know that if I humble myself under God's mighty hand, in due season, he will lift me up. But if I take matters into my own hands, it never works out. I mean, we all know that when you have a bad attitude, it never works out. When you scream and yell and fly off the handle, it never works out for your benefit. When you're lazy and slothful at work, it never works out for your benefit. But when we humble ourselves under God's mighty hands and we do what he asks us to do and we work with integrity, we're honest, we do our best because we have reverence and fear of the Lord. He will lift us up in due season. God knows how to bless you. Father, I worship you today. I thank you that the word of God is...